Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, depending on what time you choose to listen. You have made it to season two, which is titled The 2020 Reign of Terror. This is episode two, which is titled Being Black in America Triggers Me. This episode, we will talk about Derek Chauvin, who is a Caucasian police officer who kneeled on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds, causing him to die. We will also talk about, well, I will be reading you an original poem by myself called Triggered, and I will follow up with, well, I guess I'll start with actually telling you guys how I feel conflicted on the inside, but stay tuned for more of that. I am sad to report that George Floyd is a African-American man. He is a father. He is someone who promoted peace in his community. And he was killed. And people are calling it a modern day lynching. So he was lynched in front of a group of people in the middle of the street. And the police officers who were there did not. The police officers who were there, they didn't do anything to protect him they didn't do anything to help him in fact the officer that we are going to talk about today his name is Derek M. Chauvin and Derek M. Chauvin he kneeled on George Floyd's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds which is a big part of the reason why we actually had the blackout on June 2nd so the question is now who is Derek M. Chauvin and this is just giving you some background about him He's a Minneapolis police officer who murdered George Floyd on May 25th, 2020. Since then, we have had a whole week of protesting, rioting, looting, which is the reason why I gave you the definitions in episode one. If you would like to know what those words mean more in depth, then please go back and listen to the prior episode. Also, I'm going to have an episode where it is explained in Spanish because I came to realize through speaking with my, because again, most of my friends are Spanish and I'm African-American and Puerto Rican, just to create context. I learned that the curfew was put out in English, but the people who speak Spanish wouldn't have known that it was a protest unless you spoke Spanglish and then you could translate it to other people. So I am actively learning Spanish. I have friends from Colombia. I have friends from DR. I have friends from Argentina and I found it personally complicated to learn because everyone speaks Spanish in a different way, but I feel like I am doing my part and I'm trying to hold myself accountable to to learning other languages so that I can be more a more effective communicator. So uh, I digress, but to continue, the restraint technique used by Chauvin to murder Floyd was not part of the department's training. Being represented by Tom Kelly, the same attorney who got Officer Geronimo Yanez who murdered Philando Castile acquitted. Derek Chauvin was put on leave in 2011 for an inappropriate police shooting of Alaskan Native American Leroy Martinez. Chauvin shot Ira Latrell Tolles, an unarmed black 21-year-old man, in 2008. Chauvin was one of the officers who murdered Wayne Reyes, a Latino man with 16 bullets forced into him. A total of 42 rounds were shot off. 
Chauvin and another officer were chasing in a car in 2005, causing the death of three people, according to Communities United Against Police Brutality. There are 12 police brutality complaints against Chauvin and Minneapolis Office of Police Conduct Complaint Database. They are all listed as closed, non-public, and no discipline. The thing that really gets me the most about about this is that you're kneeling on someone's neck and you're not even using your hands. Like the whole time his hands were literally in his pocket. So when you think about that, like you have a guy already on the floor, your hands are in your pocket. Was it really that serious for you to be on top of him like that? And then when you get even deeper into what happens, supposedly Floyd had a a fake $20 bill and he was trying to spend it or something of that nature. And I read on social media yesterday that this Caucasian guy, he said that he was once accused of using a fake bill and he had the police call to him. And now he just tells his story whenever he's like at barbecues. But he's like, it's def- it's different for black people because he's alive to tell the story. And George Floyd will never be able to tell the story of who he is again, which is something that's really sad. So when it comes to the world and the protesting, the rioting, the, the looting, the, the stealing, the, the, the theft right now. It's it's just being triggered and it's not it's not something like, oh, okay, one thing happened, we're blown up, we're out of proportion. No, this is four hundred years of slavery, this is years and years of segregation, this is when my mom got arrested for protesting in the seventies, this is when my godfather told me that the KKK used to burn crosses on his lawn. This is all of that that comes up to this one moment of you know what? We got you on camera. You can't deny it. The whole world has seen it, which we are grateful for. Social media has its pros and its cons, but we are grateful for social media because now the whole world can see it and it can't just cover it up and say that it didn't happen. We all saw it. We all can hear George Floyd say that he can't breathe and and no one stopped to help him because at the end of the day, the police are supposed to be there to help the community they are peace officers but when do they actually bring peace and the reality is that people are actually scared of police when you're driving down a block and there's a police car what happens you make sure that you slow down when you see police what happens most people actually cross the street so where is like where did policing actually go wrong and i feel like it went wrong when Black people, when they became prisoners of war, which brought them to the U.S. and other parts of the world, and they became slaves, and then now to where we are today where people just look and say, oh, you are a person of color, you are dirty, you stink, you are more likely to steal, you are more likely to, I don't know, burn down a building, whatever the case may be, it's, all of that is happening And when it comes to me personally, I feel conflicted because it's like, as a woman of color, do I, do I go outside and do I, do I protest with the people? Do I stay home and do nothing? Do I make sure as an educator that I'm teaching the kids of the future, like, hey, this is 2019 and this is what happened and this is. This is what we need to do in order for us to 
to be in a decent place for people to understand uh, how the system works against us as a black person. And I do want to say thank thank you to some of my friends who decided. <laughs> I'm in a group chat, and if I sat here and named them all, it would take forever. But it's called um, Flights Not Feelings. And in this group chat, the conversation came up. It's like, you know, this is something that we need to talk to. Everybody's going through a lot. And I'm, I'm not a heavy writer in it, but I was like, you know what? Uh-oh, this is my moment. I have to comment. And I don't know how many other black people are in that. Well, I know there's one definitely. But everyone else is, is pretty much light-skinned Spanish. So for me, just saying, okay, this is my melanin level. This is what I'm going through. And then for them to ask, like, you know, how can how can we support you? Or saying, like, I understand how you feel. Or even some people are like, you know, I don't understand. I don't go through the same thing. Which brought me to, like, another uh, thought process. Like, is it my responsibility to teach which I've always wanted to be a teacher. I think it's something, actually, uh, Lucy and I, we were just talking about it. Like, I feel like I'm a natural teacher. I'm a natural journalist. I'm very inquisitive. I want to know the answers to all these things. But it's also a burden on me at the same time to have to be the one to to step up to the plate and to, to say, like, okay, I'm going to be the voice of reason. I'm going to make sure that this gets out there. I'm going to make sure that these people learn and and understand and it's it's been so complicated for me trying to figure out my role half of me like i said on the last episode i kind of just want to roll up eat some ice cream watch some avatar or whatever else i'm gonna binge watch i heard ozark is really good well season three not season one and two but i gotta start from the beginning get all my different characters down pack and i just want to lay on the couch cuddle with my cat and do that but I can't because I feel like if I don't step up to the plate, then who else is stepping up to the plate? And even when it comes to, we'll get deeper into the riots and like uh, protests in future episodes. But something that I'm aware of is I'm aware that this movement needs a leader. I'm aware that this this movement doesn't exactly have a name. So when I decided to call it the 2020 reign of terror, that's that's me taking the initiative and saying, okay, let's put a name on it. So when people look it up, they can say, all right, it's this time period. Or even when I first decided to podcast, I said, you know, what? let me just do one through whatever number, not even two seasons. But this is a situation that's so intense. It's so impactful. It's something that will affect us for the rest of our lives. I said, you know what? This is definitely season two. And it's kind of like a chapter. It's all in there. It's going to be compact together. So when people look back in 20 years from now and they say, hey, you know, during the pandemic, it was also the reign of terror. Like how, how, what happened in the world? What did people experience? What are the, what are the stories so that we can learn from the past in order to protect the future? So that's really why I'm here. Uh, I'm going to read this post that I got off of Facebook. It's from a lady named Crystal Reed and I believe my friend Nadine had reposted it. This says, not everybody will play the same role in the revolution. You have to respect that. Somebody has to watch the kids. Somebody has to stack the money to bail folks out. Somebody has to stay home making sandwiches to ensure everybody is fed. Somebody has to be praying and looking out for spiritual well-being. Somebody has to be the encourager, keeping everybody lifted. Somebody has to be the informant, keeping us up to date. 
Somebody has to be the strategic analyst helping navigate the next move. Somebody has to march. Somebody has to riot. Somebody has to be the mediator. Somebody has to be the ally. Respect folks' positions. We won't all move the same way, but yet we are all needed to reach the common goal. This couldn't be further from the truth. I feel like I was really questioning my role in life and and who I am to this process and how can I make a difference. I'm aware that this movement needs a leader and the internal conflict for me was this. I start my master's in eight days. I just graduated with my bachelor's last week. It doesn't even feel like I graduate. I didn't celebrate. I didn't leave the house. I didn't put on any makeup and for those of you who really know me, I'm really into like nails and feet. I didn't even, I, I barely even painted my nails. I didn't even do my feet. I literally just sat here with my college shirt on, watching a screen that was pre-recorded. And even one of the, one of them didn't even have my picture on it. And I just like, watch my name go like some ending credits. My friend Eric said that. He said, I felt bad for the graduates because their names are just posted like ending credits. And, and that's it. And it's, I, I feel like. I don't have anything, but at the end of the day, what I have, I have my intelligence, I have my thoughts, I have my words, and I have information that I can share with other people. So, it's mm, am I responsible? Not exactly. Well, this is where I'm also conflicted. I'm I'm kind of responsible because I'm a black person and I'm supposed to like spread the word and let the future generations know exactly what's going on. But then at the same time, if it's a burden on me, then it's like I need to be made aware like when I can step back and just to give everyone more context I'm going to read a poem that I wrote and the name of this poem is called triggered so in 2019 I was in this class called storytelling and one of the prompts that they gave us was to talk about home so then I wrote a poem like, you know, love is where the heart is at, woo woo, ah ah, and then it, and then they just started getting deeper. Well, like, is is home your block? Is home your house? Is home your country? And then I was like, well, what is this country? And I'm I'm black. I'm African American. Like, how do I feel being that way? And at the time, my uh, my friend Jacqueline, her her little brother had lost a friend due to some violence, and I, I follow her heavily. I feel like she's a great person. And then in my mind, I was like, you know what? How I feel? I feel triggered. I feel like I'm that riot on the inside, but everyone sees me as like a calm sea. I'm I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm scared to go outside sometimes. I have anxiety. I'm all of these different things. And the best answer for me for what is uh, what is home like or the feeling that you get. And being a black person in America, I am triggered. So without further ado, the title of this poem again, Triggered. Growing up, I wanted to be the good girl who did everything right and then one day someone would come and save me. The iconic to some damsel in distress. But no one can save you if you don't save yourself. Even more so, no one will save you if they don't think that you are worth saving. I feel like I was raised in trauma and not love, like a kid who was neglected and went all wrong. 
Now I idolize the villains. The Joker makes the most sense when you actually listen to him. Maleficent has every right to be the queen of evil. There is only so much someone can provoke you until you are triggered. Well, what triggered you? It had to be recently when 16-year-old Cassine Morris was stabbed in his chest. He was my close friend's little brother best friend. In memory of him, we were purple on his birthday. Was it when Sandra Bland was pulled over and ended up dead? Or when Philando Castile was shot dead while his daughter was in the back seat? Was it when we all watched 12-year-old Tamar Rice get shot dead? Was it when we let George Zimmerman off the hook for killing Trayvon Martin in 2012? He still threatens people to this day, but he is a free man, a man who is alive. I'll trade Zimmerman for Nipsey Hustle any day. Damn. Was it in 2009 when Barack Obama became the first black president and your mama cried because we came from far we because we came far from when she would pick cotton. That that line always gets me. I apologize, but you know, I'm gonna keep it in there because real situations are real. Or did it start before that? Did what triggered you start before that? Was it when Sean Bell was killed the day before his wedding? Is it the fact that 50 trusts were fired? Is what triggered you bigger than this? Was it when crack was released into low-income communities? Yes, the same crack era of the 80s and 90s that the community still feels today. The same crack era that left mothers strung out and put our fathers and brothers in jail. Opioid epidemic is the new issue now. White people use it too. So the government puts people in facilities as opposed to jail. Or was it that simultaneously AIDS hit in June of 1981? The AIDS that only killed black people, the same AIDS from lips together, teeth apart, the same AIDS crack and needle use that took my grandma and my grandpa? Or did it start before that? Did what triggered you start before that? Was it the red lining or the fact that women had to hide their men in closets to have an apartment? Was it that I was a Negro and couldn't drink at your water fountain? Was it the fact that blacks had to sit in the back and it's a fact that now I always choose to sit in the front. Was it the fact that Malcolm X was assassinated in 1965 and Martin Luther King was assassinated in 1968? Or did it start before that? Did what triggered you start before that? Well, for me, it started when I found out the KKK used to burn crosses in my dad's lawn when he was a little boy. For me, it started when I found out that people were whipped and hanged and when my mama told me that she was arrested for marching in Maryland. What triggered me is the trauma from when I had to sit down as a little girl and watch movies like Roots and Rosewood, which is the only time that I saw someone who looked like me on TV. I'm triggered because Disney princesses are fake, but villains will remain real. What triggered me is when I wanted to be in theater and realized that the only people I could portray were on drugs, slaves, and baby mamas. The end. This poem was... um. This poem was actually really important for me when it came to February February and I was like, Yeah, it's Black History Month. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna like I'm gonna take over the world. And um I was a part of student government in undergrad. I was a student liaison and uh shout out to Tara Lee. She's the student government president and we talked about okay, what is something that we can do and she was like woo woo ah ah x y and z like this is everything that's happening and then i was like hey i can perform poetry and we had that conversation and we did it and i'm i'm proud to say that as a woman of color as a journalist as a student that stands up for students rights as as a poet that i have so many people on campus that walk up to me and say hey i heard your work and it resonates with me 
or they ask me about like resources on campus or something that I could do to help them so that they can get to the next levels of their lives. And I feel like I feel like sometimes in life, people have natural callings. Like, some people knew since they were, like, three. Like, yo, I'm going to be a basketball star. This is what I want. Like, I'm not giving up on it. Some people just always knew that they were going to be... That they were going to be an actor. Like, they were destined. Like, I was talking about uh, Taraji P. Hinton in the last episode. And knowing that she... Like, she has this book called Around the Way Girl, which I do need to get. I've been dying to read. But they, they mention it on the podcast with T.I. And just knowing that, like, she she knew this is what she wanted and how hard she needed to work for it. And she went out there and she got it is so important to me. And those are the people who I can consider to be role models and really look up to them. So when it comes to me having, like, my, my conflictions, my man versus man it's like do i want to take on do i want to take on the responsibility of teaching people do i want that weight on my shoulders do do i want it to be more restless nights just like in college when i couldn't sleep because i had all of these things to do the next day and to be quite honest with you i can't think of a better way to spend my time but just because i can't think of a better way doesn't mean that i still don't have that conflict in my brain like what's right and what's not right and hopefully I said this earlier before I got to this part but it's like I have so many things going on in my life right now that I am not that person who's out there protesting I'm not that person that's out there holding up signs but I am that person who has created this platform for us to come in for us to have a safe space and to speak our minds and I only hope that you as the listeners will like, share, subscribe. I hope that you as the listeners, if you feel like you have something to say and something that's bothering you in the community, that you can step up to the plate the same way that I asked my my peers in the graduating class of 2020, that you step up to the plate and you say those things that are on your mind because at the end of the day, if you don't speak your mind if you don't speak your peace then you you bottle it up on the inside and you become a a bottle of shaking soda as opposed to a bottle of shaking water and the difference is that when you shake soda and you open it then it will explode but when you shake water and you just sit it there then it is still calm and it is still listening and it is not that that raging river So I would like to thank you all for listening to the Museum of My Mind. Right after I finish speaking, I'm going to have a clip by Amanda Sills that plays where you see her POV where she doesn't feel like it's the responsibility of, like it's not her responsibility to teach people about what's happening in the world and people should take it upon themselves to have that responsibility. I agree, but I also find that if you come from a family that may be racist, which, for example, like, I have friends who are Dominican, but I also know a lot of Dominicans. My friends know Dominicans who do not consider themselves to be African-American or of African-American descent. So they're raised in, in households where they're just treated like, oh, if you if you talk to someone of darker complexion, then you're ruining your bloodline or we can't claim you and I've personally met people one of my old store managers 
I actually we had like a um we had like a a team get together at his apartment and he was giving us this sort of beautiful apartment. It was on like somewhere in the fifties and he had like a portrait of like little black kids. He was like Philippine. He had a portrait of little black kids above his bed and he said something like they stare at me at night at night or something like that. And then just continuing the conversation, he said that his parents are racist and now in hindsight I can sit here and I can say that I wish that I was someone who would have taken advantage of using HR and hindsight I could say that I wish I would have documented everything that I've experienced with this manager I don't think that he particularly liked me just because of um, the ways that he treated me at work and one of the pros and cons about me at the same time is that I'm very tenacious and I hold on to things. But yeah, sorry, I just got so stuck on that. I'm like, wow, was he being racist to me this whole time? Did he ever really like black people? Because I find that he treated people of lighter complexions way nicer. And he treated men nicer as well. There's a whole host of things. And one day we'll come back and we'll talk about work experiences. Like one of my one of my close friends, she just started a new job in a hospital and she's been there for like two weeks and she's ready to quit. She says everyone in there is racist. They say that black people are animals, they are monsters, they're robbers. And it's like if you are a person who has melanin in your skin, if you if you are of a darker complexion for someone to sit and feel like they can just say that about you, they can just say that in front of you and not care that you're even sitting there. Like if you could only imagine what slaves had to go through, if you could only imagine what it was like during segregation. And it's like, we're, we're seeing what it's like right now, but if we could put ourselves in other shoes, which I think is something that we're not doing enough, then I feel like the world would be a better place. So again, if you guys wanna talk about anything, DM me on Instagram if you have my phone number, text, call, email, send me an owl, you know, the usual. <laughs> so, today in closing quotes, this is what I have for you. A person often meets his destiny on the road that he took to avoid it. So no matter which way you turn, you will still end up the way and in the place that you are supposed to be. And this is actually interesting. I was talking to my friend Brynja and she's like, hey, like, you know, when did you want to um, when did you know that you wanted to like teach? And then I really had to think back and I was talking to my mom and my mom said, hey, I, I always thought that you were going to be a teacher. You've always been so great with kids like this is your life. And it's actually it's interesting. When I started college, I was um, I was a theater, not a theater. I was an education major. And then in my mind, it said, yo, kids are bad and you don't want to deal with people's badass babies, kids. So I switched my major like a few times. Then I went off and did all those other things. And then I I came back to it. So for me, it's like, was it my destiny to be a teacher? I feel like it's something that I'm naturally good at. And it's something that has been calling me. And it's like, I finally answered the call. So the definition of destiny is as follows. 
the events that will necessarily happen to a particular person or thing in the future. For example, she was unable to control her own destiny. Another part of the definition, the hidden power believed to control what will happen in the future. Fate. He believes in destiny. So, <laughs> another Avatar reference. If you watch... If you watch Avatar, you can see that Prince Zuko, he thought that his destiny the whole time was to find the Avatar, but then he learns that his destiny was to, at the end, he learns that his destiny was to find the Avatar so that he can join forces with the Avatar as opposed to defeating the Avatar so that he can face his father because his destiny the whole time was to become the next Fire Lord. And just just thinking about the things that you think you're supposed to do. Hi, cat. Guys, my cat is here. Just thinking about the things that you think that you're supposed to do compared to the things that you actually do. Sometimes it's different, but what's really important is for you to follow your heart, which is something that's really important to me. I've spent a large portion of my life, actually up until like the last like two years, I spent my life saying, you know what, I'm going to do things that make me happy, which has all led me to exactly where I'm at right now. And I know a lot of people who focus more so on making money. And it's like, yeah, cool, I'm making money. But are you happy? How's your spirit? How's your mental health? Which a lot of people who just go to these jobs to make money, they don't have those things. And I'm happy to say that I have it. So without me continuing talking about Avatar, because I'm kind of a nerd for it right now. Well, a geek for it right now. Stay tuned and listen to what Amanda Sills had to say about teaching people and being responsible for people learning about our culture as black people about why we are protesting and providing them with documents and i have provided some people with readings but yeah i'm still you guys you can tell through this podcast i'm conflicted which is all good so i'm gonna play that for you right now people don't call me to tell you what to read don't call me to tell you how to spend your Blackout Tuesday. Did you know that there's some shit going on tomorrow where black executives at the record companies have asked that white-owned companies take tomorrow to educate themselves and be a part of protests? And so I had somebody call me asking me to tell them what to read. I don't got the time. I'm on my trampoline. This is my time. Now it's time for you to take your time to figure out how to do all the shit that you should have been doing. You know what I had to do? I've had to research my own history and my own background because I live in America where they tried everything in their fucking power to keep my people from knowing where we're from so that we don't know what to stand on and what to fight for. So now it's time for you to put your energy into doing that. You know how much I know about the Holocaust? I know a whole lot about the Holocaust and I'm proud to know all that about the Holocaust. But guess what? I want people to know about our Holocaust and how we are still in the midst of one. And no, I'm not going to provide you with a reading list. No, I'm not going to sit down and have a salon-style discussion about black intellectualism and how, you know, black oppression has taken place and discrimination and oppression. No, because I don't know how the fuck you didn't know about it until now. So really, I hope that you all take tomorrow to sit and get centered on how the fuck 